Hello and thanks for listening to the Goals Allowed podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Kendrick, and joining me is Shane Lees. Hello. Paul Hampton. Evening. And Richard Hudson. Good evening. That was really dirty, that good evening. That, that's not a football <laughs> podcast intro, that rich, mate. I'm trying to be inclusive of people attending in the mornings, you know. I'm not an evening kind of person. <laughs> I was more interested in how Richard's, I, Richard's introduced that like some dirty late night phone host. Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the side job. Oh, God. <laughs> you? Football. Football. Yeah, football. Football. <laughs> right. Just in case you've been living under a rock and you haven't read the title of this podcast, uh, the European Super League is the uh, topic of discussion in this show. Um, so, yeah, just in case you've been living under a rock, um, 12 teams have decided to separate from the Champions League and possibly their domestic competitions. Uh, They are Man United, Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool, Inter Milan, AC Milan, Juventus, Real Madrid, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. Um, The plan, as I understand it, is that those 12 plus three other founding members joining soon... um, Plus five qualifiers. Uh, not sure who, how they decide who qualify, but somehow they will determine five qualifiers, and they will par- uh, partake in a twenty-team well, group stage of ten games, ten teams, and then a, a knockout, effectively replacing the Champions League. Um, so the the obvious problem with this is that it's uh, an invite type league rather than those qualifying. Uh, so uh, lots to talk about. Um, who wants to kick us off? Shall I give us a go? Is, is it worth is <laughs> it worth how we do in first game? <laughs> Should we start with right. a karma head? <laughs> yeah, alright, if somebody's got a more reasonable point of view, because mine is not going to be reasonable. If somebody's if somebody reckons they're reasonable here, you start. Reasonable. I, I love it. I didn't say reasonable, I said calm. <laughs> Should I say I love it and just uh, make Shane implode? <laughs> I know you don't love it, Richard. You're secretly a socialist. <laughs> I, I've been racking my brain all afternoon to try and think, you know, just to put some sort of impartial, like, devil's advocate argument for it. I can't. Well, it, here's the, here's it, the thing. I can get it. I can understand it from a business point of view. I can see where this makes perfect sense. It's just it doesn't make sense from every other point of view. And unfortunately, this isn't it's not just a business, is it? It's a sport. It's an entire sport. That's fundamentally a sport first and then a business second. But this is being owned by a bunch of Americans and, well, generally speaking, the most deplorable humans on the planet. Generally, a bunch of murderers and shake state types and robber barons. Now we're surprised that actually it turns out they're total bastards. We, we kind of brought this on ourselves a little bit by inviting all these people in. But I can get it from a business point of view. That makes perfect sense to me. So well, we didn't well, know they were complete bastards my... before, no. <laughs> well, that, that's part of my um, issue a, a bit with it in that the Premier League, UEFA and all these companies like Sky and stuff are suddenly throwing their arms up in the air and it's like, oh my God, what's happening? What's happening? These are monsters. But they were the ones that let the monsters in. Yeah, they, they were more back, than happy. They were more back, than happy for the shakes to come in. This now is it that different to how the Premier League was formed? Yeah, it is because oh. uh, there was there was promotion and relegation. No, I get all that side of it, but the fact that it's money, it's money driven at the end of the day, isn't it? If we look for a slight positive, there isn't any, but let's look for a slight one. 
the fact that the Premier League, who are now all throwing their arms, and Gary Neville's getting his, you know, his knickers in a twist live on TV, which was hilarious. The fact that it's so money-driven is no different to what the Premier League did. It was the elite wanting to break away at that point. It's news to absolutely nobody, is it, that football has been repulsive for quite a while, containing repulsive individuals and being completely driven by money. That's news to nobody. But this, this idea takes it even further and just says it's only repulsive. There's no other redeeming qualities. You can't have a Leicester. You can't have a Watford getting promoted, Troy Deeney last minute goal. You can't have Atalanta. That's, that's gone. Any sense of integrity or sporting achievement or qualification no longer exists. So it's, it's taking the, the idea of football as it currently is, which I generally think is, it's awful, really. And it's taking it and going, how much worse can we make it? How much less watchable and less enjoyable for an actual sports fan? Can we make this competition? I think the, the big thing is as well is how long is it going to be before the clubs realise that, that they're fucked? They won't have a league because it's actually in the Premier League rules that, that if they decide that they are going with this, then they're going to get kicked out. Here's the thing. Um, I, I think they genuinely believe this will be successful. And I can understand the numbers of why they believe this will be successful. Because they're looking at it and they're going, right, OK, we lose the Premier League income. We lose the income from these cups. And that's okay because we've got American financiers who are about to pub four billion guaranteeing our first couple of seasons. We're going to be making a shit ton of money from the American TV market and the Asian TV markets and the African TV markets. We can lose Europe. We can lose Europe and it'll be fine. Now, long term, that won't sustain itself because it's a closed competition and it's dull and it's boring. And they're trying to sell it into nations and countries that basically, for the most part, don't care about football. If you're selling into China and you don't think the Chinese Communist Party will eventually be a problem, you're deluded and mental. And if you think the Americans will eventually care more about football than the rest of their sports, you're also deluded and mental. So as long term, this will fail and die. The problem is, is that it will kill the rest of football as it goes. The thing, yeah, as, well with it, um, the thing as well with it is that, like, I know that they're sort of basing it upon... Like the the NFC, the AFC uh, over in the states, but their their groups are really quite small groups for each of them. This is going to be like two pots of ten, so you're going to have a, you know two or three teams in both pots fairly early on that know they're not going to be progressing. I don't, think you'll have that before they even start, mate. I think you look at the teams. Yeah, well, yeah, you, now, you look at your Arsenal's and Tottenham's. They're not going to. No, I think if you look at the market, no. who are, who's going to be the other teams they invite? PSG aren't going to go in it. PSG absolutely smash their league every season. They're not going to go into something, which means that that doesn't happen. So they're, their, own, they're their owners happen. won't risk the World Cup either. No chance. And Germany, they'll, I mean, Germany they'll, they'll Bayern and Dortmund won't go in it because of the way their clubs are run. So you're going to have what? Celtic, Rangers. You know, they're, they're not going to fucking beat any of them. They're not no. going to beat Barcelona or Real Madrid. And then they have no incentive to do anything because they can't even get relegated. So no. It's not like they're even playing to lose something. It just doesn't make sense. It, it's there's too much there's too much to go wrong outside of this Big Twelve who are going to constantly be at the the latter stages and winning it. And there's nobody else going to want to go in this if they're going to lose all their domestic stuff. It makes perfect sense for the, for the clubs who are currently doing this. It makes perfect sense for them. They are indebted up to their eyeballs, almost to a one. They have lost so much revenue. Most of them are losing like 100 to 150 million revenue in the last year. They're looking at a system that can't ever allow them to recoup their losses because they've all been living outside of their means. So to create a system where they can actually turn these revenues into profits, they've had to restructure football so they can do it. 
so that they get the lion's share. So it makes perfect sense to them. And this this is where I can't fault them because, like I said, this is they were they're robber barons and murderers, right? We shouldn't have expected them to have morals. We shouldn't have expected them to come in here and value the sports. They're not Europeans. They don't care about this. So they're in it for profit. That's what they're going to do. They'll kill the rest of football with it. Is the problem? Mm. And my my genuine hope with this is that the UEFA. FIFA, they take no consolatory approach, which they're so far not doing. And they just say, if you want to do it, fine. But it's a lifetime ban for every single one of you who is even slightly involved in this from any other football. And they, they split football down the middle, create a two-tier system. And they basically say to everyone, if, you want, if, if you're Harry Kane and you want to be England captain, you're never playing for England ever again. You're never playing for another English club ever again. You're never playing in the Champions League ever again. You're done. That's football done. And if this doesn't succeed, you're done. The older players will go for it because they've only got to play a few years to make their millions. But the rest of them, I don't think they'll go for it. And at the very least, the way I look at it is this is a real opportunity to drain the swamp of football. Reform like nothing else for to prevent this from ever happening again. Because once you've kicked these clubs out, you can start introducing the concept similar to in Germany for fan ownership. Maybe not 51%, a lot of them won't go for it, but you can start getting, you can start getting real changes and you can start restructuring the game. A lot of clubs will die for that to happen. But it's actually the way I'm almost positive about this because it's an opportunity to get rid of everything we hate in football because they're voluntarily trying to leave. So let them. Let them go and take it all with them and we can try and restructure the game afterwards. And I say that... Yeah, as I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this one, though. If, if this happens, I don't... I mean, I'm a Liverpool fan, but I, I, follow, I will not follow Premier League football. I won't follow Liverpool. I won't take the time to sit and watch United. I don't know about you guys. They can literally... I would rather watch paint dry i have no interest in funding this i have no interest in putting money into it um you know the fact that the fans at liverpool have already turned around and have have started taking the banners away from the ground they're putting stuff up outside the ground today it tells you all you need to know that they don't want this you know and at the end of the day football's nothing without fans As, as a southampton fan i know that all of this if it goes the way i think it's going to go this will kill my club we're, we're indebted massively. Mm-hmm. The incomes in the Premier League will reduce massively. We will not be able to sustain ourselves. We'll go into liquidation. If that's the price that me as a Southampton fan has to pay to see football sort of reset and, and start on a better footing, and if I have to support a Phoenix club, sure, okay, I'll take that. We're not going to win anything anyway, so I'll take that. It will be interesting. It will be fun. And here's the thing. I, I can't remember the name of the Liverpool owners. I know they have a Fenway Sports Group, but imagine those Liverpool owners... They go into Liverpool, the, the, the club in the city, the, yeah, the club in the city that they own, they go into there. Do you see any version of it where if they don't go in with security, they don't get beaten to death in the streets? Because I, I'm, no, I'm, honestly, they would, they would. I think the problem, the problem they've had is, it'll be interesting now what they do, because they've, they've put things out there before and they've backtracked. They tried to trademark Liverpool, the, the, the name Liverpool. And it was going to kick off. I think there's obviously AFC Liverpool and there's a couple of other smaller. And what it would have meant is all these teams would have to change their name. It made absolutely fucking no sense. You can't <laughs> trademark the name of a fucking city. So they, they went as far as I think that the day before they were going to submit it. And then they backed out because the fans all kicked off. They tried to put uh, ticket prices up again. Fans started boycotting and didn't uh, walk out of the ground. They backed down. It, <laughs> The only way they can do this is if they back down again. The problem is they've done so much good for Liverpool. They, they, I know you said they're a broken debt. Liverpool's one of the few now that I, I don't think they are anymore. After what Hicks and Gillette did, this group have managed to sort it out 
the you know they've revamped the stadium they've built a new training ground which apparently the players fucking hate um <laughs> <laughs> because it's too windy um and they've done so much good. The problem is now this one move and the fact that John Henry was apparently going to be named vice chairman last night has shit on it from a great height. I think they've got lucky that it's one of the Glazers that's been named vice chairman. I think if they hadn't, if it had been John Henry, there would have been calls for him to be out of the club today. They haven't got that at the moment, though. I genuinely yeah, you, don't... You've got the benefit, like with United, the Glazers have never been loved from from day mm. one. That You know... Um, that they've always been hated for the amount of debt that they put the club into. And one of the things that's come out of, of this is that, like, each club that goes into it, of the founding members, they're all going to get about 300 to 350 million uh, from JP Morgan Bank as a, a sweetener to join. Uh, but that can't be put, uh, invested in players. It's got to be invested in, in the ground and uh, just building up that. But that, that's going to get frittered away at United. That's not going to be invested in, in the actual ground. The, well, they, um, the, how could that the happen, though? Because they're not going to put well, the that, like, won't put that in the bird about, will they? Yeah, the Glazers have been at the club now for about 15 years. They've, not, they've barely spent a penny on sorting out Old Trafford. It's one of the most dilapidated grounds in the country at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The only, the only projects that I can recall in the years is the, um, which, you know, is all great, is the disabled, um, increase the disabled access because it was poor and that goes around. But they've not, yeah, you're right. Big parts of it need an upgrade desperately. Um, do you know what that's, it is? That you've got, as I understand it, it's, um, it's 350 million euros a year that clubs will get from participating in this and 500 million to the winner. Now, if you compare that to what clubs get in the Premier League, which works out around 300 million, um, or in the but or in the Champions League, where it's only only I say in in a you know inverted commas, um, it's 73 million that make. So effectively, the, yeah. the the amount that clubs will make per team is fivefold on what they get for the Champions yeah. League, and I think I think it's been accepted for a while that the Champions League does need a, a rethink or something from its current state. People say at the moment, I've heard it from a few people, where they go, this isn't isn't going to happen, so we don't need to worry too much. What I think is, denial is the first stage of grief, a little bit. I I genuinely think this will happen. I think the problem we've got now is, even if these clubs back down, they're not going to get forgiven. The the UEFA, they're not going to sit around and wait for them to pull this again. FIFA are not going to sit around and wait for them to do this again. The Premier League won't sit around. These other clubs won't forgive them for trying to steal the game from them all. Even if they back down and say, do you know what, we just want Champions League reform, I think genuinely some of those clubs will turn around and get relegated. I think some of those Uh, clubs will get dock points, all the rest of it. I think they'll be forced out at this point because I I almost feel like this is, unlike previous ones, where it was just a bit of a a subtle threat and everyone knew it was a threat, this is is already finance. This is already technically paid for. I think this is the real deal and I think it will happen. And oh, I, I think it'll happen. Yeah, I think it's already I, I, in. It's in motion. The fact that government, uh, the, the British government, are now involved in saying that you know they're going to do whatever they can to stop it happening, and the fact that the people behind it have already taken legal advice on um, what would happen to teams and players if they were threatened with expulsion and players were threatened to be banned from international tournaments, um, it tells you this is now. This isn't a threat anymore. This, this is now on. It, you know, the ink's dry on the paper now. This is already yeah, been. 
signed for me. They're, they're already uh, putting through the, the like the lawyers and stuff to yeah. say no, you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, they've been working on this for months and years. They, do you know what's disgusting got, though? Is that they've gone they've through really so hard. many. Yeah, apparently they've worked really hard on this during the lockdowns and during this pandemic. So when let's look at it from a fan's point of view for a second, when fans are struggling to put food on the table and struggling to make money. You got these absolute fucking assholes <laughs> lining their pockets with, you know, fifty dollar bills because this is what they do. And you know, if football was ever more disconnected at this level from the fans, it's been proven over the last twenty four hours. And it I makes do... it even worse that the fans can't be at the games to protest against it. They yeah. can't. Oh you know, yeah, how illegal. Yeah, it's illegal to go out and like have a protest in the street about it now. That they've done it at such a an opportune time for them. Yeah, I I, I just look at this whole thing now and I think it's going to happen. I have a feeling it will be a bit like um, Kerry Packer's attempt at a World Series of cricket, cricket yeah. and it will die in it will die in a couple of years as the level of interest was just dramatically overstated, and broadcasters, fans, everyone just boycotts and opposes this. I mean, like, do you know my problem friends, with that though? Soon. The other problem with that is as well, though, in this situation where it's different, is that fans in China and India and, you know, all that part of the world and America who only want to watch the elite, they, they'll fund it. They will. They'll buy the passes to watch it online. They'll buy the TV packages and they'll buy the, the shirts and all that other shit. And because you'll get players like Ronaldo, um, you know, Salah as he goes up, you know, and players like that, it'll, it'll last longer than series of cricket I think you, you know, will. It, or about I, when they get older they'll go for the money like China I, think, I suppose I think it will be like a two a two tier league system where this essentially becomes a retirement league yeah. and the thing I love about it is that they're betting everything on extraordinarily unreliable markets but, but Xi Jinping in China he really wants to have a strong Chinese national team it's one of his big aims is to get China being a world superpower in football so he might allow this for a while, but then the second he wants the Chinese football team to overtake all this, he's going to slam down on it as hard as possible. They are pretty famous for regulating the media in China. Mm-hmm. So if they're counting on this billion people to fund this, wait wait, wait a few years, see what happens. Because everyone well, banks on China and it's not going to work. And the American interest, it'll be a novelty and then it'll pick up its fan base, but it will not replace the fan base they lose. Well, that white elephant of the, the Chinese Super League that came out uh, a few years ago. All the clubs there are now going bankrupt. The the, the champions of China can't can't play next season because they've gone bankrupt. Yeah, they got heavily they got heavily um, penalised, didn't they, for wage caps and things like that. And it was after they'd signed play. You know, Oscar went there on what half a million quid a week. Not being mm. funny, he's what he, he was pretty average in the Premier League. He'd have one good longer game of a five. So if you're paying him half a million quid. Something wrong, and the Hulk was on the something similar as well. The way I, yeah, I don't think he does have the first name of the. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, genuinely, the way I see what, this what, all going. What that man has done in his personal life, he can be called whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah. Gen- genuinely, the way I think this is all going to go, and I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in this, is that basically what will happen is this will happen. They will break away, and they will get turned away from every other league. They, these clubs will cease to exist in their domestic countries. Premier League will keep going. Champions League will keep going. They'll split out competitions. These clubs in these competitions, a lot of them was going to die just because the money is now dripping away. But I also believe that this 
you know, elite competition will basically end up being like a Chinese Super League or an MLS where it has a small following outside of Europe. It gets the following, you know, a bit in China, a bit in America, but it's a retirement league. And it just waits to die because eventually the talent stops seeing the big picture. They don't see it as being the elite competition. They still see, you know, the top European competitions or maybe even this expands it to the top world competitions now and, you know, other other leagues and other countries like Brazil can catch up a little bit. Maybe this sort of equalises the power a bit. I see massive reform coming on the back of this to prevent this from ever happening again. This will completely kill football as we know it. But I think what will come as a result of that will probably be an improvement. That's kind of what I'm banking on as the silver lining. So as much as I'm utterly apoplectic with rage and I want to see these people swinging from the Wembley arches, genuinely, I'm happy to see them all die. I I think this this, this is for the better of football. I genuinely think it. Just you might end up with more football on terrestrial TV because if Sky decide that's what they want to fund, Sky aren't going to pick up the top tiers. So I, you might I, actually see it, it, that might be one of the big benefits to come out of it. I think Sky have already sort of nailed to their, their colours to the mast with their their broadcasting of this, but they're also uh, them and BT Sport are already planning on suing the clubs for lost revenues for the contracts they've signed with the Premier League. I think that's them saying we are not backing this. I think you'll see the broadcasters stick with their current clients and just say nope. If you want to do this, you've got to go to new niche broadcasters who don't have the following, who don't have the audience it, already. It'll be on Netflix. Yeah, no, uh, it'll be on it'll be on the likes of Amazon or Netflix or whatever it's going to be. YouTube. No, I don't think they'll go for YouTube. But th- this is the thing. I think it will happen, but I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tragedy. But in a few years, it's a comedy because we. Here's the, it, here's the best thing for you: is is this going to help English football? Look at it from a national point of view. You get rid of the big clubs. They can't play anymore. Is it going to help the you know English football in general when it starts to recover? Are you going to see more young players coming through? I, well, I that's think what's long term. Yes. We... Go on, Shane. Go on. I was just going to say, long term, yes, this is going to be good for English football because it's essentially draining the swamp and it will be followed by massive reform. Short term, a lot of people, a lot of clubs, a lot of communities, a lot of that history and that passion is all about to go up the wall. It's all going to die. I think my club's going to be one of the ones that go, and I think they'll go early. I think a lot of other clubs will too. It will be devastating in the lower leagues, but what will happen is that the league will reform and restructure out of it. The, you know, the English Football League, there'll be reform in UEFA. There'll be reform across the world in football as a result of this. I think that will be long-term for the good of it, but it might be a decade before we actually see the good of it. Could we see a scenario, because at the moment we're, we know there's, there's 12 clubs as, as the founding ones, the, there's going to be an, another three and then a five that sort of get invited each year. But the fact that there's 12 that have gone in, there's three that haven't, does that sort of say that like perhaps they might struggle to even get another three? And it's, they're going to end up having to go with a, a self no, I think Rangers. I, I think what they've done here is they've got 12 of the biggest names in European football. And I think the other three that haven't come in are the PSG, Munich and Dortmund. They they won't go in for reasons within their own league. So I think the fact that they could quite happily now just go, do you know what, we'll just fall back on these 12 for the next three or four months. I agree. I think they were trying to force those other clubs' hand and just say, this is real, this is happening, you've got to join up now or it's never. (laughs) The problem with with Germany is their fan ownership means this can't happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know the likes of Rangers and Celtic are mostly champing at the bit to, to try and get in this, because they wanted out of the Scottish League for... Well, Celtic, well, I'm not sure about Rangers. 
He's mentioned on Talksport today about maybe bringing Rangers and Celtic down into the. This could be an option to see that ever lauded bloody Scottish move into the English Premier League. This would be a chance now. If they all fuck off, then bring them two down. Have a look at doing that. That could be the chance. Just, and they would make so much more money. Just them two, or do you add all the Scottish teams to the. I think the you bring pyramid. them all down. I mean, I, I, I look at it from a Rexham point of view. We played in. Some I think the, like the caramel wafer cup or some crap a couple of years ago, <laughs> and um, I think it was like the highest non-promoted team in the conference goes into the Scottish Cup, and every other week we were up in Scotland playing cup games. So it can be done if it can be done at that level. It could be done at you know throughout okay. the football league. There's a genuine argument for having a bit of a merger between England and Scotland in the leagues because you can just structure it in the same way it currently is where, you, where, you know, fair enough, Dan, you've got North and South leagues and all the rest of it. Yeah. So you keep it basically the same as it is now, but after a certain point, they can start promoting up into the top tier. I mean, clubs travel for European games. Exactly. It's only up to Scotland. It's, it's you know, it's a coach journey. You, the, the fans can do it. It won't be too costly. It will be still cheaper than trying to go abroad to the European games. This is what I mean, the reform that this is going to bring in will be good for the game. So I'm happy to see this happen. As much as I'm utterly enraged and wish it was never happening in the first place, now that they've said it's going to happen, I hope they do it. Because I think football will be better for it long term, but we're just going to have to endure a lot of pain in the meantime. And as, as a Southampton fan, I'm devastated. But what I will say is I respect your position as a Liverpool fan, saying that basically your club is dead once that's happened, and you'll find, you know, find someone else to support a Liverpool Phoenix club, whatever's going to happen. I've got uh, friends who are like Spurs fans who are saying the exact same thing. As a Southampton fan, the sport comes first, not the club. The sport has to come first because that's what they're playing after all. So if it was if it was Southampton joining it, they'd be, they'd be dead to me. But as yeah, a result yeah. of what these bigger clubs are doing, they're going to kill off my club. Yeah. So I'm, I hope I'm quite <laughs> I'm quite lucky in the way that I can see the owners from two different points of view. Obviously, I can see Liverpool's owners being complete and utter cunts. And, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's no other word for it, unfortunately. They, they are literally being the biggest bag of shit in the world. Oh, there with glazers and everything else. And then I see, like, obviously, from, from Rexon's point of view, uh, with Ryan Reynolds uh, coming in and buying the club, the amount of stuff he's already done for the local community is is d- different levels. You know, them two, for example, paid for a fan's bathroom. Disabled fan needed a, a wet room, so they donated 16 grand for him to get it done. They don't have to do that stuff. You never, ever see top owners doing anything for the community. Not really. I see it from both ways. The fact that all they're rather about is lying in their own pockets. Good riddance. But on that, if they get... Yeah, I was about to say, if they get booted out of the Champions League, which is very real, you know, UEFA could turn around and say, do you know what, City... Which would be absolutely hilarious, by the way, if Man City get kicked out of the Champions League. Um, if City, Chelsea, and Madrid now get booted out of the Champions League, who are you bringing in to replace them? It will just be the teams who went out before, but well, one of them was Liverpool. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll be the teams who went out before who aren't a part of this. There's a Premier League meeting that's happening on the twentieth. Um, yeah, they're not invited, are they? They're the not invited. Yeah. Apparently, on the conversation topic, I've read it. It's probably unreliable, but on the conversation topic, is suspending the league and kicking all these teams out. I, I, I seriously hope that they, because we've heard UEFA saying that they're looking at it, we've heard FIFA saying they're looking at it, they're all consulting their lawyers and all the rest of it. We've got to remember, FIFA, UEFA, the Premier League, they're members clubs, aren't they, right? Yeah. And the members all vote as a group, and everyone's equal and you can promote up and down for it, but it's a members club. They have, they're completely within their rights, if everyone votes for it, to get rid of a member. If they say that the member is no longer in line with the values of the competition or whatever it is, 
they're allowed to do that. So I hope that meeting tomorrow is them saying, yeah, you can do this. But last warning, you do it. If you still say you're going ahead with it, it's over. It's done tomorrow. You don't play another single game. And like I said, I genuinely hope it's not weak. I hope it's a lifetime ban. I hope they they force everyone to make those decisions because the players, people say, oh, what about the players? They're currently contracted by FIFA. They're FIFA licensed. So this will null and void all of their contracts. They'll have a way out legally. So if Harry Kane wants to still be England captain, he can leave Tottenham. He'll be able to leave on a free. Uh, they'll fight too for nails to keep him, but there'll be a new ruling, just like Bosman, that makes this possible. Because after all, why wouldn't FIFA make that rule? So it can happen. I hope it does. I really, really hope it does. I hope these guys don't get a slap on the wrist and there's no con- reconciliation. I hope it's brutal because it needs to be. Do you know what? I've, I've just been um, sent a WhatsApp by uh, a friend of mine who has asked me if I've seen the um, email that went round from a Liverpool CEO, um, Billy Hogan, about why they've joined this. And one of the lines is, um, importantly, this is the beginning of a journey and we can now start an engagement process with you supporters and key stakeholders to help shape this process in the right way. This should have, this isn't the beginning of when this conversation should be happening. This should have been happening 10 weeks ago, 12, 15 weeks ago, before making the decision of going, we're going to go into this. Yeah, but they've got no surprise at this backlash. I'm sure no. it's not come as a shock to them. And as, as, oh, as they, they knew they were, they were getting the backlash. Yeah, of course they did. That's what I said before about Liverpool owners tend to make these decisions and then backtrack. And this, this, this email that's gone out to members of staff at the club looks exactly like that. However, there is a line that the Super League will be the future of European football and we want to create a sustainable club. It's full of it's shit. One of the ones I wondered uh, with, because when the, when the, the rumours start, first started circulating yesterday in regards to it, it was mentioning that there were five English clubs in uh, and it excluded City from it. And it seemed to be the case as the day went on that basically City joined at the very last minute. Uh, and like we mentioned before, like um, a lot of the clubs are up to their eyeballs and debt and stuff. And, and obviously, City aren't one of them. City, mm. City are just bankrolled. They're, they're on the limited part. So they're not sort of... I wonder if they would, were very hesitant to join in on this and, and now are perhaps regretting the decision. Because they've, st- they've also not announced it on any social media as yet. I think City probably looked at the bigger picture and how much money they would potentially lose if they decided not to go into it. And I think the other thing is as well, this league will be outside of FIFA Fair Play. Mm. So they're bankroll. They can sign anyone they want. It might only last for five years. It, you know, it, that might be the case. But I think part of me thinks these these companies are these yeah, it's called a company. They're not a football club anymore. Either. They're a business. So these businesses are owned by businessmen, and they are savvy businessmen who know how to make money. I'm pretty sure that they will have looked at every angle of this and have seen that it is pretty much nigh on foolproof to not go into it. And that would have been a big part in cities, in cities, in cities' late decision. Probably the fact that they can literally now throw every penny at it. No, they'll recoup it from shirt sales and sponsorships and everything else and the fact they're going to get funded with you know a big brown envelope has probably helped yeah but i don't i don't think they were part of the initial talks on it 
I think, no, I think, I think, I think Liverpool and United have been the ones to really push this, haven't they? Yeah, Which in, well, just, and Real Madrid. Yeah, Juventus as well. <laughs> well, I was listening to talks about earlier on, obviously, and while I was in work, and apparently, as of Friday, Ed Woodward spoke to the UEFA chairman and was talking about how he was really excited for um, the announcement of that Champions League revamp. And the Juventus chairman was doing the same. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then they both ghosted him. Hmm. To the point where the Juventus chairman, the, the chairman of UEFA, they are apparently that close that he, the UEFA chairman is um, the godparent of the Juventus chairman's kid. <laughs> so that's going to make an interesting barbecue in the summer. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But it, you know, it shows kind of, to buy what you said about C, possibly Juventus and Man United again were on the fence over this. But, you know, I think some clubs have ran into it headfirst and one of them will be Spurs. When you look at the likes of uh, Spurs and, and Arsenal, like th- those two clubs are clubs that, yeah, I know Arsenal won the, the FA Cup last year, but they're clubs that, really aren't going anywhere at the moment. You know, mm. Arsenal are on the way to be just becoming a, a mid-table club. Well, they are a mid-table club at the moment. You've got to think, like, for them, it's, I, I know that they're getting a backlash off the fans, but it's, it's a win-win for them. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. going to be the 5,000 to 1, aren't they? They're going to be the Leicester Arsenal are. If they pull it off, that's going to be the... That's the type story. It's, They're going to throw so, so much money at this, though. And uh, Robert Kraft, who we looked at buying Liverpool years ago, he said the the same thing. And, and Cronky probably has got the same thought. Forethought. It, why would you invest any money in a business that has the chance to get relegated? So, you know, all the fans who've hated Stan Cronky for a while, if he suddenly starts throwing lots of money at this, I bet they don't. I bet they suddenly think he's the best thing since sliced bread, especially after the last what ten years. No, I can see that. If 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 we assume that this is a power play and it drops in the end, um, the Champions League have proposed a new format up to thirty six teams. Basically, the uh, well, sorry, one big league, every team playing ten games. Sorry, at seeded levels, so they play one top team, say at Barcelona, then one in the next tier and so on and so forth, um, with the top eight making knockouts and some playoffs beyond that. Um, let's just say, for argument's sake, the European Super League doesn't happen. Um, do, do you think this format could work? Do you think it could be an upgrade on the the traditional Champions League we've, we've got used to? No. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know about you, Rich, but I think I look at it and I think there's... there's 30-odd teams, but you're only playing 10 games, but you're in one league. So, what, are you going to have Real Madrid or still avoid Barcelona, Juventus, Inter Milan, Liverpool, and, and then just get to play the lower teams? And it's a car, there's just too many things that I look at and think, this is just a way to make sure that the eight teams you get through every season are the Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man City, Liverpool, Munich, Dortmund, um... PSG and say Man United. No, I think that's the way it's been designed and that's the way it's worked. For, for the clubs like the Real Madrids and the Barcelonas, it's an odd one for me that they've got gone into the gone into it in the first place. I know that they they sort of steamrolled a bit by um, the government in, in Real Madrid's case and whatever Barcelona's way they do get money. I have no idea. Um, but the likes of your you know your United, your AC Milan's. And stuff that 
aren't guaranteed Champions League every year. That because the Premier League's so competitive, you've got six clubs fighting for four places. Um, like the, for the what was going to be the Champions League, I can see why they're now doing this sort of guaranteed spot for for the bigger clubs. But it, it's yeah, then it's taking it to the the next level with the. The Super League. If, if, do you know what? If it works, it works and great. But I just think at the moment, from what I've seen of the announcement, I just I, I was reading it earlier on, and all I got I get this feeling that it is designed now to make sure that eight teams who get through are your traditional, your big eight. So you coined that term from the league, and I don't think you're going to see the likes of Leipzig or you know Porto. Galatasaray, it, you won't see the likes of them making it to the knockout rounds. Paul, Porto are one of the rumours to be one of the, the three. The, the Porto um, chief exec, I think it is, uh, someone from Porto has gone on Twitter and, and confirmed they definitely will not be involved in the Euro League, yeah. the Super League. Have they? Yeah. Because Leipzig as well have, have, have come out and said it, and they were one of the, uh, it's a bit of a surprise for because I, I was thinking they're already hated in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> the ones I, the ones I'm aware of, Dortmund, the Dortmund chief exec come out and said them and Bayern definitely won't be joining in Porto. Um, and the other thing I saw was Ander Herrera who spoke out and basically kicked off about it and said that you know it's anti-football and that he can't stand by and watch it. That's that's what I'm aware yeah. of. I, in, in as he as he joins PSG. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, how how was um, that? How did that move work out for you, Andra? Well, as I sit here on my sofa made of money. Jesus. The the one um the one footballer that I've seen who is at one of the clubs involved, uh, Bruno Fernandez has uh, has met has posted an Instagram post this afternoon saying like uh, money can't buy dreams or something like that. No, but he can buy really fast cars and nice houses. And <laughs> but, he, but he's been the so first one to sort, sort of to speak out, which is, we need the footballers. I think you see, I think, uh, the, I think you see a lot of the footballers will have been told not to say anything at the moment. I think Liverpool, I think Klopp, who is quite adamant he's against this. He came out back in 2019 instead and said you know he he didn't want to be involved i think you'll see a lot of the players have been told at certain clubs not to say anything mm. i'm surprised paul bogba has not come out and said something he can't normally keep his mouth shut oh um, right viola must be rubbing his hands at oh this. yeah but he he knows yeah. that this is going to be absolute gold mine for him all them transfers and agent fees bloody hell yep <laughs> i hate him Try, be, try and be a United fan with him. <laughs> yeah, it's the one thing. Like you, you never had talk, any dealings we, with him, had you? We haven't. No, we touched on it last week about him taking Harland on the world tour. Yeah, and I don't want us to sign Harland just because he would be involved. He'd be amazing. He'd massively that, improve the team. But that, that's it, the thing with Harland as well is that people say, like, as a as a United fan, like who would you rather have, Harland or Kane? Uh, and you sort of think, well, Kane's 27, he's often quite injured, but Harland, and Haaland's 21. But you get Haaland, you're only actually going to get him for three years. You're, yeah. not, you're, not getting, you're not getting 10 years out of Haaland because yeah. he'll be gone again. He'll be off to Real Madrid in three years' time. Well, maybe not now. Oh, possibly not. Boy, Raiola <laughs> will want him moving every three years to get his paycheck. A million quid a week they wanted from this next move. No club can afford a million pound a week. Well, 
Possibly well, can, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it, I, I just think some of the players will have been told, keep your gob shut, don't say anything, especially at Liverpool playing tonight. Because um, there's a recording on a Monday. So, you know, the fact that... I, I don't think they will have wanted the players coming out in the media, giving it, you know, giving it big that it's... They support it or they don't, and, and what, have, what have you. I think a lot of eyes will be on uh, Marcus Rashford's Twitter account. <laughs> Yeah. But with all that extra money, he could probably feed more kids. No? Too soon? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, this was nice recording this podcast. I won't be invited back next week. He started a book group today. <laughs> really? Yeah, he started a... three books for kids today. Oh, I thought you. I thought you meant it was like a proper book group. I had this like mental image of Marcus Rashford sat with a group of like old women with a glass of rosé <laughs> wine like, in his slippers. I feel like him and, him and Messi Lingard like reading like uh, big hum- <laughs> big hungry caterpillar. Yeah. In all seriousness, though, I just you you were saying before. I I I also you mentioned about you wouldn't go Liverpool and I. I definitely won't go and watch a United game if this does um, all come to fruition as it as it looks like it. In yeah, all I, I've heard so many fans I've seen it on social media all day them saying they're done. Yeah, yeah. Goes back to that thing, isn't it? You, um, like, uh, my mate uh, Neil made a really good point earlier on. It was, you know, fans have two sets of clubs have two sets of fans now. You have your match going fans and you have your TV fans, and you might have let's say half a million match going fans. You might have fifty million. TV fans, so that half a million fans who now won't go through your gates, you don't miss them. And, and the thing with the, like the likes of United, yeah, they, they may lose so many passionate, hardcore fans. And apparently, the, uh, the 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 group that have put this together, they have a term for them that they're the is it the vintage fans. Legacy, legacy fans. fans, yeah, yeah, the legacy fans, and they don't care about the legacy fans though because they know United lose ten thousand legacy fans from turning up at Old Trafford. There's another ten thousand tourists that will turn up. Yeah, it's yeah. the same with Liverpool, isn't it? You'll always fill Anfield, you'll always fill Old Trafford, just with day trippers. Because I've just had an alert come through on my phone that Jurgen Klopp has now come out and said he still stands by his opposition to the European Super League. Wow. That is, that's just come through on Sky News um, as we're recording. I know we've discussed that on the previous podcast, but if that's true, uh, there's an apple cart being upset in Liverpool. <laughs> wow. He he will walk, I think. Yeah, I think he'll walk. This is, I've just read this, I don't know how long ago it came, or oh, about an hour ago it came out and... Well, apparently United squad have held, held an emergency meeting with Ed Woodward to uh, let them let him know that they're seriously impressed. Have they the taken big bats and hammers to the meeting? <laughs> <laughs> Bags of doorknobs and stuff like that. Yeah. Doesn't it all sound like a lynching at all, does it? Uh, can you imagine the phone call he got? Um, Ed, could you just come to Carrington, mate? Yeah, <laughs> just uh, want to have a meeting. Don't worry. You do wonder to what level... Um, the manager and players of, of each club was informed before. Yeah, Klopp said that they didn't know nothing, anything about it in his announcement. Mm. And he said he completely supports anybody who's unhappy. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. And I think, you know, on next week's show, we're going to have a hell of a lot more to talk about about this story. I don't think it's going away. 
Mm. Oh, but no. before this is just the beginning of the end. Yeah, the beginning of the end. Well, before there's any more breaking news, I'll uh, I'll end the show there. <laughs> right, thanks for joining us for the show. Hope you've enjoyed listening to it. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you just search for Goals Allowed podcast. Um, also, go check out our friends over at 606v2.com. Thanks for listening. It's goodbye from myself, from Paul Hampton and Richard Hudson. Goodbye. Goodbye.